Happy Black History Month, my fellow listeners and lovers. Chris Street here, welcoming you to another special episode of the Workprint Podcast. In this Valentine's Day special, we got to hang with the author of the Shiri Black Panther novels, New York Times bestselling author, Nick Stone. Nick is an absolute fan of all things Shiri, and was an absolute delight to talk with. Brilliant, and if I dare say so myself, is a pretty uh, talented podcaster as well. Nick is the host of the upcoming History of Marvel Comics, Black Panther Podcast a Marvel Unlimited podcast that debuts on Valentine's Day, a.k.a. today. So listen in as we talk about some surprising facts regarding King T'Challa, such as his unplanned debut at the same time of the rise of the Black Panther Party, his time spent soul-searching as a Harlem schoolteacher, and the creative-consumer collaboration regarding Panther's powerful takes on race for its time, which is relevant even right now. And if you like this, be sure to tune into the History of Marvel Comics Black Panther podcast, available wherever podcasts are available okay enjoy welcome to the work brand podcast available on apple podcasts spotify and theworkbrand.com Hi, Nick. How's it going? And happy uh, Black History Month. Thank you, and happy Black Panther background. That is killer. Thank you. It's from Screen Rant. I kind of just copied it. Um, all right, so I have a series of 10 questions I'm going to ask real quickly because I know uh, you're pressed for time. Um, and feel free to ask, uh, answer them any way you want. Um, I'm going to be recording this and putting it on our own podcast as well, as well as transcribing this interview, if that's okay. I love it. All right, cool. Thank you. All right, so... Um, First, uh, can you tell us a bit about your history as a writer and why you call yourself a Shuri Stan? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so I honestly, I didn't start writing until I was like 28. Oh, but wow. it had a lot to do with a lack of representation in the books that I was reading as a kid. So I just didn't oh. see writing as something that a person like me could do. I am a Shuri Stan because Shuri is who I was in middle school. And so finally getting to see a version of myself Honestly, she kind of stole the show in the first film, if you ask me, a little biased, but you know. 100%. Yeah. yeah, but to get to see somebody like me um, on screen and in comic books was huge, and she will forever live in my heart, and it is such a blast getting to write stories about her. Yeah, I, I heard that you're doing the novel, which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so um, what made you want to do, uh, when did you want to host a Black Panther history podcast? I mean... Who could say no to this? You know, I think when I think about the Black Panther and my limited knowledge of his history over like from the perspective of the creator, the opportunity to actually talk to the people who were creating him. Like, yeah, yeah, give me that. And it's also really interesting. I was really interested in hearing how how he transformed over time, especially along the same parallels as like history transforming and moving um so that was also a really exciting thing that we that we got to explore on the podcast yeah totally and i i dig it a lot i like the format uh, you intercut it really well um so in episode one you talk a little bit about how the uh black panther wasn't even revealed to be uh black until many years later i think he added himself as a soul brother i love that scene and or that moment in the uh in the podcast uh can you share with audiences the significance of this moment in marvel's history 
Yeah, okay. So the most interesting thing to me about this is that I absolutely presumed that anybody who met the Black Panther in 1966 would have known that he was Black. You know, like the Fantastic Four are flown into this country in Africa where typically people are Black in Africa. Um, I mean, obviously there are white people in Africa, but I'm just saying when people think Africa, they're not thinking white people. So learning that Basically, there was a discussion about how his mask would be drawn. Yep. There are some iterations where he has half a mask, and you can see that the lower half of his face is brown. And then they decided actually to go with a full coverage mask. The revelation that nobody knew the Black Panther was black, honestly, it just made me like real. I don't know. It's like I needed to check my assumptions more frequently. Yeah. And honestly, it was really surprising to me, too. I like that you lead with that, too, in episode one, which is uh, pretty awesome. Because, again, uh, like you said, I don't think anyone... I think naturally you just associate, like you mentioned. Um, Yeah, you think, oh, Black Panther, Black Man. Absolutely. Um, All right, so overcoming uh, systemic racism has been a common thread in T'Challa's story. Uh, How has that challenge changed over time regarding the Black Panther then versus now? such a good question so okay obviously the black panther came to be during the civil rights movement and also shared a name with one of the most notorious is probably the word that would have been used back then so i'll use it now Mm -hmm. um though i don't necessarily see the black panther party as notorious in a negative sense Uh, but yes so he's introduced at the same time that this that this political party is and we see him go he's with the avengers his initial we uh, we first see t'challa as an avenger after he brings the fantastic four in but then over time once he starts getting his own stories he engages directly um with a lot of racist things so you know he goes to rudyarda uh to to battle apartheid we see him take on the clan as time progresses and we get into like the 90s and the 2000s the way that he's dealing with racism looks very different because obviously the way that we were dealing with racism was very different. Um, My favorite run is actually, I probably shouldn't say that out loud. I have a favorite run and I also (laughs) have, I have multiple favorite runs, but what I will say is with regard to this question, Ta-Nehisi Coates's run, Mm -hmm. I think was the run where I felt the most seen with regard to like the battle race, racism, anti-racism, all of those things. And I felt like this is super timely. And obviously every run was super timely, but this is the run where I'm like an adult. As an adult, I was able to read and understand things in a very different way than I had been when I was younger. Um, So yeah, his, his interactions with race and racism, they definitely track with like, the world's interactions with race and race with black peoples in America specifically with our interactions with race and racism. Yeah. Uh, great answer. Thank you for that. Um, all right. So in episode one, I, I did, me- I did remember this moment cause I was like, Oh, Hey, good point. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about the creator consumer collaboration. The, uh, the biggest takeaway that uh, black Panther, uh, you know, he could have, he had the possibility to live without coloniz- colonialization. Uh, can you elaborate your thoughts on this or what you were trying to, yeah. Yeah, so I love what, yeah, the, the creator-consumer collaboration. Um, as a creator, you are making things, but in order for those things to be consumable, they have to actually appeal to a consumer, right? 
And as a creator, we automatically collaborate with consumers when those consumers read the things that we create or engage with the things that we create. So the thing that I most appreciate about the creators of Black Panther is that not only were they creating things that consumers were willing to interact with, they were also creating things that consumers had to think about. And even if they weren't thinking about it, you know, it's going into the consumer's head. The consumer is having to process these thoughts and ideas that these creators have put in this comic. And honestly, that is the way, if you look at his evolution over time, if you look at T'Challa's evolution over time, it's because of that collaboration that he was able to kind of change and grow and evolve. Totally. And I think that's why he's like one of the most culturally relevant uh, superheroes over the past like 30 years. Um, I personally had no idea that Black Panther was a school teacher until listening to your podcast. Um, so could, uh, which is amazing. Uh, so could you tell us uh, uh, what was the most surprising uh, story or factoid you learned? while uh, Even making? that one. Absolutely. Like yeah, yeah. even that one that like, oh, I'm going to change my name and just completely be like, I'm just going to teach school in New York. What? Yeah, I had New York of and and it's like whole country you've left behind. Like, we're thank like, you. We've got Avengers over here. We're like, no, we're <laughs> coming with us. Like, what? And you're like, nah, I'm just gonna, gonna teach these kids, uh, <laughs> right? And Monica Lynn is like, bro, what? I, so that whole it's a really it's actually a really fun storyline to read and reread and to just kind of puzzle about. But I will say the most interesting thing that I did learn because I had always been under the assumption that not necessarily that the name and it's being the same as the Black Panther Party I didn't assume that it was on purpose but I assumed that Marvel was like fine with that connection being made simply because yeah. it's 2022 and it's his name is still Black Panther but learning that his name had changed that was probably the most interesting thing that I, I didn't know before. And then they changed it back from what I remember they saying. They changed it back, yeah. which yeah. go them. Yeah, the and then... The name was whack. Well, I, I forget the timeline. Which was first? Was it the Black Panther Party or was it the hero that they came up with? It was like around the same... Around the same time. Yeah, Like okay. genuinely around the same, same year. Yeah. I think there's like a couple of months between. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't intentional, right? Like it was no, just, yeah, not at all. Which is pretty cool. What was your favorite interview to do so far for this uh, podcast? Papa Don. Yo, listen, yeah. I am so utterly obsessed with Don McGregor. So I, <laughs> I told him I was going to call him Papa Don. And at first he was really <laughs> surprised. Yeah. But then he totally took to it. And he is just, he is the sweetest man, but he is also so smart. And mm. interacting with this man who decided, this white man who decided mm -hmm. in the 1970s to have Black Panther take on the Ku Klux Klan. I was like, oh, we got to talk, sir, because you clearly have been woke for longer than most people, right? Totally. Yeah. So getting to talk to him and just hear hear about, like, his philosophies and hear how he sees people as human beings. And he definitely wanted other people to see black people as human beings. I just, that is a an interview that I would redo over and over and over again just to talk to him. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping we both get invited to the next film premiere so that we can go together. Oh my god, I would love to join you. <laughs> That'd be cool. I'm like, yo, Papa Don, let's go to this premiere together. We can be besties. That would be really fun, especially in New York, because you know, miss the theater scene. Uh, all right, so you've done a bunch of these episodes. Uh, well, the first two, and I'm assuming you're recording more or have recorded. Um, in your uh, in your definitive opinion, 
Uh, what is it about the Black Panther that makes him such an important role model for the Black community and for people of color? I think it is T'Challa's tendency to triumph, um, despite facing some pretty hefty obstacles. So there are actually, as of right now, there are six episodes total, and we go through, mm -hmm. we literally go through his comic history. And as you see him evolve over time, because, you, you know, he's, he's being written by different people over time, yeah. it's like... This man goes through the ringer over and over again, and he still triumphs, but he's triumphing in a way that's actually believable, right? Like, it's not like, oh, I just got hit by a truck and I'm fine. It's like, oh, this was really hard, and I learned something, and I have grown as both a person, a ruler, and a superhero, and I'm taking this forward with me. That is why I think he has stood the test of time is because he continues to grow. He continues to evolve. Yeah, totally. And I, I love everything about the depiction so far in the movies yeah. and the comics. I really do need to catch up on them because like, I've been slowly accumulating all the history yes, of Marvel comics. So. The latest run is just next level. It's next level. I hear it's fantastic, yeah. Um, what, uh, in your opinion, what's been the most challenging thing about uh, making this podcast so far? Oh, that's a good question. Um... I mean, you, you're a podcaster, you know, sometimes there are, like, retracking sessions. Yeah, technical issues. We're like, okay, we yeah. got to get these words correct. Like, it's very um, making sure things sound good enough to be consumed. This is yeah. like a consumer collaboration here. Yeah, and the narrative side. Like, you need to tell a story. In this case, you're documenting a story. But to be honest, uh, I love how you've done it so far, the first two. I like that you intercut it between, like, the interviews and the history stuff. And it's like, hey, by the way... Boom, take on it, I'm take on it. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, it's I, tough. I keep people interested. Nobody wants to hear me monologuing. <laughs> I mean, I think you're doing an excellent job so far. And to be honest, I'm on my seat. I'm going to finish the rest of them when uh, they, the other ones came come out. Sorry. Um, okay, so I have, like, I think two questions left. Um, and then if there's... Yeah, if there's, if there's any time left, too, we can just talk or whatever. Um, all right, thought on... Fuck. Thoughts on Chadwick Boseman's performance as the character, and where do you think they'll go with the story from here? This is a speculative oh, question. I know. Times I get this question. Oh, okay. That's, and, that's and awesome. No, no, it's good. It's okay, good okay. Because every single time I have to think about it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Chadwick Boseman was so iconic as that character. Yeah. He was not recast for the follow-up film. I'm sure everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. So... I have no idea. Obviously, if they track with the comics, Shuri will become the next Black Panther. Yeah. But who knows? You know, she's very different in the film, like with regard to her age and what she's doing. She's a little different in the film than she was than she was when she was introduced in the comics. Mm -hmm. So I don't know where they're going to go with it. I do oh. think eventually she will become the Black Panther yeah. uh, in, in the MCU, but we are all going to wait and see. Totally. Wait, what's the age difference between Sherry in the comics versus the uh, movies? Because I didn't even know that. A little bit younger in the films. Um, when she's introduced in the comics, she's like 19 or 20, and she's actually trying to become the Black Panther. Uh, oh. To it. Which makes sense. And honestly, I do hope that works out, because like, I, I do... That would be really cool if she was the Black Panther. But I am also rooting for another actor, too, because I'm a fan of his, and we'll see if that happens. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. You have to tell I, me off-camera. Off Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't think it matters on camera as much. I was going to say, um, Michael B. Jordan. I would love to see Killmonger come back. You know, and do... yeah, I could see this, too. Just because him I, and... I'd, uh... I'd, be, I'd, I'd be interested to see how they spin it. But, yeah. 
Yeah. But I think him and Coogler, like, because they've worked on so many projects together, the, yeah. like, they're just such a great duo that I would love to see them sort of bring that back in some way. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, last question. Um, what is the one thing you'd like audiences to take, like, audiences to take away from listening to this podcast? I really want audiences to recognize that, yes, Black Panther is the first Black superhero, but he's also a dude. You know, like, he's, like, a person. He's a person who was imbued with superpowers, which is great. He has, like, cat-like reflexes and is really fast and is really strong, etc. But he's also a man who's in charge of an intergalactic empire and who has yeah. that he's fighting and who has died and who has come back to life. And who, like, he's, he is an example we can follow because he's, he's very, like, feet on the ground. And I really, I want people to, to recognize that, like, he's been around for, like, 60 years. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and is that, and A, thank you for that response, great. And then B, um, yeah, you're right. Like, one of the things I've learned from your podcast is, like, literally the, the different hats, different evolution of the character. So, like, it's pretty fascinating to see that because he is more than just, you know, the, the person. He, like, he, there's a weird self-discovery period that I personally never knew about until listening to this podcast. I was like, oh, he's a teacher. He's, 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 doing, he's, he's, he's living in America just to see how it's like before he goes back to being a king. It's like, what are they What are they doing over there? It's like, oh, they're going, you know, chaos and stuff. It's fine. Yeah, he'll come back eventually. <laughs> After the period of self, uh, soul discovery, 